Welcome to the Twitch stream. Um, I'm just trying to give it a second so that I can get everything pulled up. Um, okay, okay, okay. You would like me to get started? Yes. Oh, I didn't mean to do that. I literally just turned, deleted out what I was going to do. Jesus. It's that kind of day. Oh, it's James. Hello, James. Hello. Did Tyler tell you I accidentally was talking dirty to him the other night? Tyler was saying <laughs> accidentally. Well, it wasn't specifically at him. It was when I was you were telling me about that video, and I was in there. I was telling Tyler and about it. I was like, I would totally do that in a heartbeat. Oh, and when he I, was saying James. Yeah, or and, okay. yes. and then that was just the first thing that popped in my head. I was like, Oh, that's God. funny. Sorry, sorry, not sorry. Because I heard you, and I was like, What did you say to her, mm. James? <laughs> Nothing. Oh yeah, Tyler was yeah. He ended up it was literally us. just the only name that came into my head when I was talking about. It is a pretty common name. It was yeah. I was just looking out the window and it was the first name that came out. And then when he said that, I was like, Oh, James, sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, let's see, let's see what we're doing. So a whole lot of talking. A whole lot of talking. That's what we're doing. Okay. Um. Oh, you have one here for us to talk about our trip. So, if you don't know already, we are going with our friend Stephanie. Yes. To Hot Springs, Arkansas. Yes. For a girl's trip. We're staying in this, like, little fancy-looking cabin in the middle of the woods. Just probably going to freak me out once we get there. But we're not going to talk about that. I think about that until we're there. Um, we're going to do all the little fun hot spring stuff. We're going to eat cupcakes. We're going to really... go hiking. We're going to go to the hot springs, like, actual, the baths, like, the little spa things that they have. Well, I feel like depending on the weather. Well, they're inside. I know, but are like, our hiking and stuff. Oh, well, yeah, that. Because the weather's been, like, yeah, I looked up fun. the weather and it said it might snow there <laughs> next week. I was like, thank God we have, like, what? A week and a half. Yeah, it's not this coming up weekend, so but so you can yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe it'll be more spring by the time we go. But I'm, I'm excited. Open. I freaking. I'm excited though. I guess I can pull this closer to me. So I bought hot girl summer <laughs> clothing. I want to wear. Um, I really didn't buy any hot girl summer clothing because I'd already bought some. Well, it's so. not even hot girl. It's like outside working out. Like yeah. Biker shorts. Yeah. Crop tops, which I I forgot, and I forgot to tell you this after we had the conversation about buying like hot girl summer biker shorts. I forgot that I'd bought some um, because I got a coupon for Peloton apparel stuff, and they were having some sale. Um, it's a sale to sale, and I got a hundred. No, I got five hundred and twenty dollars worth of like leggings, sports bras, and tops for one hundred and fifty. That's really good. I was like, <laughs> I ended up getting like three sports bras, three shirts, and. Four leggings and then a pair of biker shorts. Bring me up. And so I was like, <laughs> Ring it up. Ring we're it doing up. it. And I forgot. And they're really cute. If I'm not mistaken, they're purple. 
They're like a dark purple, I we think. We love a good purple I moment. Think, I think. I don't know. I liked them. They have like the little crossover waistband. I know what you're talking about. I liked them. Um, next on here would be a perfect time to, okay, yes, it is National Colorectal Cancer Month, so it's near and dear to my heart, go get a camera stuck up your butt. Okay, so you posted about it on Facebook, as you should, Mm -hmm. and there was some stuff, because I clicked that link that I didn't know, Uh and then, I don't know how truthful this is, Mm -hmm. FBI was listening, Okay, because I got got on TikTok, and immediately... Hello, thanks for joining us. Um, immediately, I went on TikTok, and the first video was a lady talking about she was a survivor, mm-hmm. and her husband now has it, mm-hmm. and he's going through chemo. Mm-hmm. And she said their doctor told them the number one food that they said causes it is bacon. Yes, I've heard that. Um, so they told my mom because. Um, Mom technically got colon cancer relatively young. Yeah. When she had it, when she got it, she had already had it for like three years because she had stage four, um, and she was towards the end of stage four. So the fact that she had it and then was treated for it and survived six years, I believe, post-discovery, that's huge. Like, most people with late stage that's four cancer like do not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what you ca- Oh, I know. You can't get that much closing at Walmart for $150. No. no, you can't. Like, most of my, like, sports bras were, like, $15. And the most expensive pair of leggings that I got was, like, 22 Although, I feel like Walmart has seriously upped up their fashion. Yes. Um, and their matching sets. Yes. Because I almost took a picture. I went in there because Alex needed some socks really bad. Mm-hmm. And I almost took a picture and I didn't. They had, like, this matching set that you would love. It's like black background with daisies, Ooh. and it's like a crop top with like wide leg pants. But it, it's the pants yeah. that go together, so it looks like a skirt. Yeah, but it's pants. Ooh, I kind of would like and that. And it was like fifteen bucks. I would like that. Okay, circling but, yeah. back to colon cancer. Um, yes, processed meat. So like any kind of like Sandwich like heavily meat. Pro- like yeah, yeah heavily processed meat stuff. They've linked that because it has carcinogens in it that have been linked to giving you. Um, colon rectal cancer. I watched that as I was making BLTs for lunch. Yeah. I mean, I think this is the way I think about it is, and this is sad that I think about it this way, but we're all going to die. As a woman, as a woman, you have a 50% chance of getting cancer at least once in your lifetime. Yeah. If you have the BRCA gene, you're way more likely to get cancer in your lifetime. So at what point do you have to trade off living a healthy life and restricting yourself from stuff that is yeah. that you're just going to enjoy and you're probably going to get cancer anyway. Yeah. And as of Jerry just said, isn't red meat a big factor too? Yes, red meat is a huge big Which factor. Which I don't know. You don't, you don't really eat red meat though. I haven't talked about it on the podcast, but uh, Crystal knows I suffer from... There's different stages of endometriosis. I don't know if people know that. I have stage four, which it goes to five. And so, like, basically my insides are just one big tumor. And I've already had them removed once. Mm-hmm. And it's, if you keep getting them removed, I've literally had them, what do you call it? Um, it's like, I don't know, it's basically they scrape it out. Not cut, but where they burn it, or they cut it and then they yes. burn it. Yeah. Yeah, and they just come back. And my doctor, my gynecologist, he, it's male, which is very surprising, but mm-hmm. I actually really like mine. He's very mm-hmm. sweet because his wife deals with the same thing so he Aww. knows um he said red meat 
and dairy mm-hmm. will inflame your insides, especially if you're a woman, like crazy. So like red meat, processed meat. So I don't eat sandwich meat anymore. I had that bacon, but now that I watched it, I was like, I really should I, cut I just, bacon. Yeah, I just do everything in moderation. But when I'll it comes give to it that. to the boys and like mm-hmm. Zach. But I don't eat reed. I, yeah. I haven't had steak. I had a burger, which I think I told Crystal the other day. Mm-hmm. Zach picked me up a burger. I was sick. I bet you were all day and it, i was like no i'm done i, I I'm done. Re- i do eat it but not like i used to i guess like i'll eat bacon very sporadically um i hardly ever eat lunch meat just because i don't really like it i don't know there's a weird texture with lunch meat I don't, mm. Um, and then burgers, I love a good burger, but I, I typically, but I typically only if I have one, I have it like maybe once a month, maybe, I maybe twice. I do love a good turkey burger. I mean, turkey okay, well, it depends. Good. So like, I, well, I say that, but I feel like we eat out more than we do. We probably eat out at this point, like once a week. So, cause since I started working from home, I have no excuse not to cook because mm-hmm. like, I'm not usually that tired from working 10 hours, but, um, I will make food most nights of the week and then if we go get something i usually just get a kid's meal and Mm -hmm. i'll get like a kid's cheeseburger um which i've kind of started doing that because of you because it really does it it is enough food it is enough food i'm not like miserable after i eat you know you're not over i wish i could eat fish i keep trying keep trying to eat fish um, the boys, like the boys all like salmon and tilapia. I love salmon, but tilapia is really bad for you. I hate tilapia. It's a man-made fish. Tilapia is gross. I don't like it. Um, I do, I do like salmon, but it's weird. I only like salmon when other people make it. Whatever I do to it, I don't like. The best salmon I ever had. Throwback to when I was nannying. And the mom and her boyfriend made this salmon. And it was covered in like honey mustard and like oh, something yeah. else. Oh my god, Good. it was the best thing ever. But every time I try to make it, it comes out horrible. It comes out horrible. Um, but I eat it at like a restaurant. But I don't know. It's just I don't really love fish. I'm such a chicken person. Like I will eat chicken every day of my life and never get sick of it. I can't cook chicken anymore. Chicken, oh, raw okay. chicken. But the veggie stuff, I love pretty much everything that's like a fake like veggie thing mm-hmm. i don't mind we keep buying it and we keep i like i'll slip it in there and like not tell the boys and they'll be like yeah it tasted a little weird but it was still good yeah so like we do like um the i don't want to say i guess you could just call it vegan the vegan sausage um, i do like I, those. it's really mm-hmm. good um i'm trying to think what else we've had we've had the vegan sausage. I've had the vegan burgers. They're okay, but yeah, you're right. They are kind of salty. They um, do have a lot. That's true. They do have a lot of sodium. Yeah, they're very salty. A lot of um, stuff like that. But tur- yeah, I agree with Tyler, though. Turkey burgers do taste I better than regular burgers. I love burgers. turkey burgers, but turkey. it's hard to find them around turkey here. Turkey burgers are good, Turkey dude. burgers are really good. When we lived overseas, mm-hmm. they make more turkey burgers. Oh, I bet. I mean, they make a lot of pork and stuff, but they don't have a lot of red but meat. But see, I, when I think about it, I like turkey burgers. I like turkey sausage. I like turkey bacon. Like, all that's better than regular, like, pork and ground beef versions. Okay, I'm glad I'm not alone. alone yeah, and I'm sorry we've talked for it's like, okay. almost 12 minutes about food, but there was a purpose to this. Yeah. 
Yeah, ground ground uncooked turkey smells disgusting, and you really? really have to season it. Yeah, but it's so good, and it's so much better I, for you. I have never thought that because we mm. do ground turkey a lot. It never it never has done that to me because we eat it a lot. Kansas makes it with um um. It's basically the healthy version of what like is our favorite Cuban meal that we ate all the time. So it's just rice, turkey, turkey meat. Um, like a tomato-based sauce, seasonings, ground, um, onions, bell peppers. Um, sometimes we'll do t- uh, potatoes. Sometimes we'll do fried plantains. Um, but typically you make it with ground beef. But we do it with ground turkey, and I really like it. Like, yeah, I good. eat ground turkey all the time. I would give some everybody some like dinner ideas. Yeah, but I, I don't think Jerry said she says she hates cooking with chicken. I mean, I literally cook with chicken probably five out of the seven nights a week. Like, I, I love chicken. I don't have any problems cooking with it either. I eat raw chicken, and especially after COVID, like the smell of raw meat now is has i think intensified i lost my smell for a long time Uh for like five months i had no smell and then when it came back like raw meat is just i think i think russell was like that too i think russell had really bad with raw meat mine strangely enough and i had to google it to make sure i wasn't along mine was the smell of my own body like i remember specifically asking tyler if i smelt weird because i like you know how you know how your own body smells Mm. Mine smelled so weird, and it still kind of does, but I feel like I've gotten used to it now. It could be your sense just heightened. Yeah, and now that I smell it, I'm just like, oh, God, I hate it, Tyler. Well, that's <laughs> mean. He said I still smell weird. You're, you're horrible. <laughs> but <laughs> This is why we like streaming, because it's normally just me and Crystal, like, babbling back and forth, and now we have people but just no, like us. That was my thing. My thing is I smell weird, and then... Um, everything just smelled different. Like, it, it didn't does. smell like it used to smell. So, I don't know if what I was smelling before was wrong, and this is what it really smells like, or I don't know. But it is weird. Mm-hmm. It is weird. So, the whole point in saying all that was go get your, your colon, colon checked, checked out. out. Yeah. Yes. Like, go get your colon checked out because... Every year, more and more people under the age of 50 are getting can- uh, colon cancer, and it's on trend to overtake um, our older, like, 50, 60-plus population. Um, basically, right now, I believe, if you were born 1990 or later. Um, yeah, that was scary. When I clicked that link and it said that, mm-hmm. it says that we're more acceptable to get it. Yes, in it. because of how much processed Process meat, meat. Yeah. Yeah, so if you're younger, you're, like, more like more likely to get it. Our family alone, mm-hmm. after my mom had it, not, like, our immediate family, but our extended family, we had, like, three or four people um, um, find out that they had colon cancer. Um, and people, like, I'm telling you, mid to early 20s are getting colon cancer and not in thinking it's hemorrhoids or just they ate something weird when really it's yeah those symptoms were kind of yeah. scary because it could sound like you just have an upset stomach oh yeah a stomach bug and mm-hmm. that was kind of scary so really and truly though if you have anybody in your family who has like your immediate family who's had colon cancer it's recommended that you go and get tested um every five years um Especially if you're under like 45 ish. Um, I personally go get every five. Well, technically, I'm supposed to do every two years, but my last one I passed with fine colors, so I don't have to go back until year after next. Um, but which I, is good. I remember yeah. you being really nervous. Yeah. But. but I promise you guys, like, it is literally nothing like they tell you. 
Um, if you're low risk for it, you can do like non-invasive ones. They're not as accurate, but they're not invasive. It's pretty quick too. Like she literally, I remember when you got it, you literally texted me and then I think oh, like yeah. an hour later, Tyler let me know you were yeah. like out. Yeah. I think. It really yeah. wasn't that bad. I had to drink the nasty stuff, but honestly, it really wasn't that bad because they told me to mix it with the like lemonade packets and um, Sprite yeah. and it, I didn't taste anything and it was easy to get down and then I got high off the anesthesia, so that was fun. Um, there's a video on my phone of me um, telling the world that I have a clean poop shoot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's not a bad process. So if you feel like it's weird and you feel like yeah, something's going on, my just go do had, it. My mom's had one as well. They're not bad. It's so. fine. And she literally, like, worked herself up. And it was quick, just like yours. Mm-hmm. And she texted me afterwards, and it was super fast. Yeah, it's ever. super fast and easy. It's not a biggie at all. Okay. Well, um, I think that was all that was on the yeah. thing that Bethany had me to talk about. And I ended up making it a 20-minute I, I literally wrote my episode. for Crystal to just go with it. And she yeah. went with it. Um, it was good. That was good. We all got to chat. This is why we do the streams once a month. Because no. literally, it's just me and Crystal, which we do like bounce off of each other well but it's good to get to talk to people and, and y'all get to see how much i move during an actual recording because yeah, we're always i'm all i'm doing this all the time because my adhd will not let me slow down like an egyptian even so though apparently me. my doctor says that my adhd i should just learn how to cope with as an adult like how all adults do so you know i've never had any a original moment thanks to tiktok because every time i'm like that's my ADHD, and nobody else does it. And then um, somebody makes a TikTok video, and they're like, my ADHD makes me do this. And well, I'm like, don't go to my doctor. She'll just tell you that adults can't have ADHD. Did I not tell you about that? Yeah, you did. Okay, I'm like, sure. I know elderly people that have ADHD. I'm just like, ma'am, you don't. Okay. But, like the title, we're talking about the Challenger explosion. I labeled today's episode conspiracy because with our different, like, once a week categories we do this did not fit into a specific it's not a true crime even though people did die it's not paranormal um nobody's being haunted well maybe the people at nasa um so i just labeled it a conspiracy even though a lot of the stuff is fact and engineers and scientists and even people that left nasa after this have proven um but the challenger very much happened and there's just some yeah i remember mom my mom was at school and watched it live on tv so that's really was it okay this makes me feel like a really bad sciencey person but wasn't there another one that happened when we were kids the columbia thank you i couldn't think of the name of it yes because when i was watching that when i was looking information up and doing research for the challengers some people got them mixed up and i had to like really decipher the two because there are things um the columbia just wasn't like a it, it, it just was something unforeseeable yes the challenger they very much knew Do, yeah. but yeah i remember the columbia. Um, before i get into it and we talk about yeah the scientific i think it was 2006 
2005. Ooh, hold on. Was it the Columbia? I'll look it up. We continue. It was not when they took off. It was when they were re-entering yes. the at- Yes, coming back into the atmosphere. It was something. I um, mean, you can actually go and watch their last minute footage that they were like talking to NASA and they were like describing them coming into the atmosphere. Um, and then it cuts off right before they die. And a lot of there's also a conspiracy theory about that. Uh, whether NASA 2003. 2003. Whether NASA really wanted us to see how they died or not. And I think for the respect to the family, they probably did cut that footage. That is so sad, though. Yeah. Jeez. Um, but before we get into the scientific part of it, I'm just going to kind of take you through the crew and some of the stuff surrounding it. And actually, they did land in the Gulf, but yeah. Um, oh, yeah. yes. I remember this because a lot of the people, like a lot of people around this area, not a lot, but some people around this area found pieces, pieces. of it because it happened over us. The Challenger as well, from from both of these. Yeah, from See, both of said, these. The Columbia kind of crashed closer to, like, Texas and California, and the Challenger off of the coast of Florida. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, because it says several casinos in Shreveport, Louisiana had pieces yes, of debris. Yes, they did. Huh, I don't yes. remember that part. Um, But... Yeah, there is the video. I actually watched that. Um, that's for the Columbia. There's one on Columbia on YouTube. And then actually, if you have Netflix, there was a special I watched on the Challenger that was actually really cool. Oh, and okay. it has some retired astronauts that actually talk and give their feedback. And some of them actually left NASA after this. Wow. They resigned. Okay. So, yeah, it's pretty intense. But in 1986, a new space shuttle program was in full swing. They had kind of just started this. Um, I mean, obviously, we had the moon landing and stuff, which we could probably talk about a conspiracy theory on that. You'd be surprised how Stanley many. Stanley Kubrick. Oh, there's so many people that don't think we've ever been to the I moon. I think we did, though. It's, there's some that's kind of convincing. There are, but I really and truly think we have. Like. We've been in a space. Or we've sent a shuttle up that many times. How have we not? I honestly, okay, I think it's one of two things with the moon. Either we really discovered that there's nothing, nothing of value there, yeah. there, or there was something, something there, there. That's, that's that we are not going to mess so with. So, like, let's throw a green screen up and, like, we went there, but let's pretend. Like, let's yeah. film something. Yeah, so I, it's either one of two. It's either we've been and there's something there that we don't want to touch, or there's really nothing there. Because I feel like if there genuinely was something there... Elon Musk would have made a profit off of it. Yeah. There have been too many people, not necessarily just him, but there's too many people that would have made a profit out of going to get whatever was there. They pro- James said they probably forgot the camera and had to only fake that part. Oh, that's a <laughs> possibility. Hey, that I mean, is true. what if all their equipment didn't like didn't work, work that far out i mean we had never been that we had satellites up in the orbit and stuff but that's a good theory yeah and that's what i'm talking about when i i fall too deep into the conspiracy hole Man, maybe it just didn't and work. i i start believing them and i'm like do i need to get a foil a foil hat yeah like do i, need- I mean that that is a perfectly good thing like who's to say that our video camera that didn't we did work. we didn't have there was some unforeseeable thing and it just didn't work and on the moon do you think if you came back to earth and you were like well our equipment didn't work but just you're gonna believe have us. to believe me on this one i went to the moon and then they were like, let's get to Hollywood. And then they, like, set up a whole production. Yeah. It's believable. It is. It, how, it is believable, you. but it would have required them knowing that they didn't, didn't work in the first place because they, they live-streamed it, didn't they? Like, didn't everybody watch it at the same time? Like, it I, was like, like, it happened, like, while they were right. on the moon. It got... 
I don't know that. I'd have to go back and research. I yeah, I thought it was. How did the flag blow? With oh, no the air? flag. I know they said didn't blow. It had is a it flag. It was frozen. No, it had a. Um, I thought it was literally the yeah. air temperature was so. Oh, I don't low. know about that. I just know that they said that it was like a. It was a flag that went this way, and it had like a piece of like pvc or whatever going oops sorry going across the top of it so that it held it out i didn't know that i just automatically i knew that because space is cold actually it's not i thought space was cold so i discovered this too space as a whole like if you take the average temperature of the entire space it is cold but space especially around orbit around like around a star around our planet it actually does have a higher temperature which is why astronauts on the space stage like in the when they go up in space or when they're in the actual um, space station, they have to wear temperature-regulating suits at times because it can the temperatures can get so high since they are close to the sun and they are in orbit that they have to wear, like, space suits hmm. sometimes it that does make regulate sense. their body. It does make sense. And we also don't know what would happen to a human's body out in space because we've never, never been able to... We've it. never taste, tested it. We've never seen it happen. So, like, movies tell us that somebody would instantly freeze to death... But we don't know that that would even happen, like if it's cold enough out there or if they would just immediately die Thank you, Guardians of the Galaxy, for making people think you're going to freeze. But, yeah. I am the science person. Like, yeah. I am science and history. History was my fallback. I always wished I was smart I did, enough for I science. did generally think that space, I felt like I've always been taught that it's Because it, it's just generally told. But as a whole, like, if you took, like, the whole universe. That does make sense. It would be on average cold but you think about all the space that's immediately surrounding a star Mm -hmm. or planets that have um two stars that orbit each other and how hot those two stars i mean think about how much heat the sun's putting off so i guess that and now i feel stupid Um, no it's just something that you don't think of because movies and sci-fi shows have kind of i feel like i've always yeah i've been told um but this was really the besides where the light doesn't touch it. That's also another thing that I thought as mm. well, but which does make sense. Let's see if I can find the like the little page. I think that's honestly what I'm thinking. That does make sense. Um, but or the, it's basically. Oh, I don't mean to interrupt you, but it's kind of like um, a planet, like our planet, mm-hmm. when we're fa- not facing, facing the, the sun, sun. It's colder, colder, but it's not freezing. That's true. It's just colder. Uh, if sci- if Crystal was my science teacher in school, I probably would have paid attention. I always got the weird science teachers that, anyways. I was homeschooled and had to teach it to myself. And she could have so taught me. She I just learned ta- it. You know how much she's taught me about history? And I literally texted her yesterday and I was like, I'm Googling history stuff for fun right now. Who am I? That like, was what I did. I was literally the kid who had the encyclopedia and would just pick a random part of the encyclopedia and read about it. Which is Alex. I've been looking up <laughs> science stuff because like I, we were talking about plants and then he was like, well mom, how does this? And I was like, well, let me get my phone for Google because mom can't tell you. <laughs> like Alaska, there's no sunlight for six months. Yeah, that's right. That's the rotation in the direction. And it's cold. cold. Yeah. But it's not like sub zero temperatures. Like you're yeah. not gonna walk outside and immediately freeze. freeze. So. Anyways, the Challenger was highly publicized by the media because it was called the teacher flight. And you'll sometimes um see it referred to as the teacher flight. 
more than you'll actually hear it described as the Challenger um, because one of the astronauts aboard the Challenger was a te- teacher named Krista McCollum. You can, she's also um, Susan, but she goes by Krista. So if you, <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Um, if you go, that made me think of Monsters vs. Susan. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but Kristen McAuliffe, after the mission, she would go back and teach her class and future classes about it. She was a teacher in Connecticut, I believe, which is funny because me and Crystal literally just recorded next week's episode and we talked about Connecticut. Um, but she was a teacher. She was a high school teacher, um, to be exact. This was pretty cool. This was really relatable for everybody watching it. Oh my god, the chat right now is cracking me up. Um, because <laughs> being an astronaut, honestly, was so mysterious to us. Mm-hmm. I mean, even in the 80s, the the rest of the world didn't really know. I mean, we knew what NASA was doing, and we knew what astronauts were. were but this was like a real-life person, a teacher. Mm-hmm. And every day, she was a mom as well, going, and she literally That's went so through. Cool. Yeah, she literally went through all the certificate or the certification. Mm-hmm. She did all the training. Um, she went to Florida and did the water training, and then they go to Houston and do the rest of it to this the. Uh, words are hard. Kennedy Space Center. Why did that take me so long to get those out? But in 1986, we still did not know a lot about NASA, and it was kind of secretive because at the time, NASA was kind of competing. They were competing with Russia. They were competing with China because, you know, you always want to be... You want to be the first. We had the moon landing. We had, you know, we had all this stuff, so sometimes they were being secretive, but now they were like... They kind of needed more astronauts was part of it. Like, there weren't that many people going to... Like, most of people that are astronauts, if you don't know this, previously or prior, which either you prefer, served in the military. More likely in the Air Force. More likely if you enlisted in the Air Force, at the end, like, when you're about to retire, they would switch over and become an astronaut. Which I think is cool. And that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be two things growing up. I wanted to be an astronaut... And I wanted to be an Egyptologist. Mm. Oh, you know, um, my this is sad. Movies really influenced my life. Watching The Mummy oh, made me want to do that just because she was so beautiful and smart I know. and cute. And Look, I will tell you when I, well, when I tell you that if there was a Egyptian documentary, there was an Egyptian book. Um, I knew, I couldn't tell you most of them now, but I knew the name of every like famous or like Egyptologist and archaeologist and I was trying to learn how to read hieroglyphics and like the whole 9,000 yards and then I also wanted to be an astronaut and you know what you know what mm, you know what looks back looking back like really irritated me and I was telling Stephanie about this the other day is I always assumed growing up because I never had anybody in my life tell me that I could do it I always felt like I could never achieve either one of those goals because I saw how much science was involved in it and I didn't feel like I was smart enough for the science. So I never pursued either one of those paths as a kid because I just was like, well, I'm not going to be good at science, so I'm not going to do either one of those. I think a lot of stuff in life we doubt ourselves. And so I was like, man, if I wish I had somebody back there saying, oh, that's an interest, like let's let's learn the science, let's do it. And I feel like I could have done one of those Well, this is basically what Krista McAuliffe did for everybody. And that's awesome. Yeah, and she was a woman. 
She was a woman. And so awesome. even in 1986, and we've talked about a female astronaut on here before on the podcast. Oh, but yeah. she ended she up was going, crazy. She ended up going crazy and drove with a diaper from <laughs> Texas to Florida. That was a whole um, other story. But she was one of the first astronauts. And now Krista, and there was a, another one I'm about to mention her, another woman on the fly as well. And she was an everyday She's just a teacher. Average American citizen, a teacher, and here she was. And she was actually going to teach a lesson up in space while they were on the Challenger. That's so cool. She was going to teach a class to the astronauts. Imagine being an everyday teacher, going up on a space shuttle, becoming an astronaut, and you're going to teach a class to astronauts that already have, like, master's degree. I love that. In science, so. That makes me so happy. (laughs) So I'm just going to rapid fire off the names of the crew members. They were the STS-51L crew. Don't ask me what that means. That's just every every mission has... um, an acronym. Okay. And this was just theirs. So Michael J. Smith, Mike, as he's referred to a lot. That's what his wife. I watched a documentary of his wife. She's the sweetest. She's a teacher. Oh. She became a teacher after that. Krista encouraged her after all this. They were high school sweethearts. Oh. He previously served in the Air Force. He was a pilot, and he had to retire because back then you couldn't stay in as long as you can now. Well, some people did, but for his job, he was a pilot and he retired, but he didn't want to give up flying. He loved flying, so he became an astronaut. Oh. And this was his last flight, I love that obviously. so much. But yeah, um, his wife was really sweet. He was the pilot. Francis R. Scobie, Ronald E. McNair. Um, I don't know their middle names. I just felt like I needed to include it just because it's respectful. Um, Ellison S. Onizuka. Krista McAuliffe, we know, Gregory B. Jarvis, and Judith A. Resnick was the other uh, female astronaut on board. So, yeah. This is not, this is not disrespectful at all. But us talking about females in space makes me, like, reminds me of that whole thing that goes around about um, Sally Rod when they asked her if, like, 100 tampons would be good when she went to space (laughs) for, like, three days or whatever. Yeah, if you don't know that, she was the first female astronaut. (laughs) And uh, NASA literally asked her that. Yeah, and I saw a TikTok the other day of people making fun of that. And there's, so a, there's a comedy lady. She made a comedy skit out of it. And it was like, what is the quickest way to let us know that a man knows nothing about us? And she was, like, talking about that time. And she's like, when NASA offered 100 tampons <laughs> for, like, three days in space. Like, oh. do you think it's just, like, a fountain? <laughs> like, that would that would really suck, though. That would be horrible. I feel like at max, probably, like, 20 Yes, and for three days, you don't even know if she's going to have her period while she's yeah. up there. She probably she probably wouldn't because of the intense amount of training stress. that they have to do and stress. She stress. probably wouldn't have it at all. I mean, do you think your body, like, freaks out when you're, like, out in oh orbit in space? That is so, it is so funny to me. Anyways, um, the crew patch, like I said, their crew was the STS-51L, and each crew has their own patch, and they get to wear it on, and they can keep it, and they sell it, and sometimes, and especially after this, after the explosion, they made t-shirts of it, um, and it was pretty cool. It even had a little red apple, so it had the STS-51L above, like in a circle, and then it had the Challenger going through the middle, and at the bottom, they put a little red apple to symbolize, um, the teaching aspect of the mission, as well as possible future astronauts because of Krista. 
because they had a good feeling that Krista going into space and going back and teach. I really wish she had the opportunity to go back and teach her class about this. They really, they knew that there would be future astronauts because of her. So that was really cool. She got, she got her own little part of the patch, a NASA patch. Just for being there and being a teacher. That's cool. But, yeah, that was pretty cool. I wanted to include that. And um, I'm pretty sure um, Crystal does a really good job of when she does our flyer for each week, including pictures. I think that would be a really... Yeah. That would be a cool one. Um, As well as, you know, lessons they plan during the mission. So, overall mission for launching. So, this is the overall... Like, yes, Crystal was one part of the mission. But the actual, like, part of the Challenger launching... And this was not the Challenger... When I say the Challenger, I am literally talking about the shuttle. The rocket ship, if you will. That's just the name of her. The Challenger had actually gone on several missions prior. Oh, wow. And been fine. And okay. been fine. Um, some of the some of the crew member of the Challenger explosion had already previously flown up into space for a previous satellite mission on the Challenger. So this was so their second were, time. So there were some experienced yeah. people there. Yeah, but the overall mission they were launching the TDRS satellite into orbit, and this stands for Tracking and Data Relay System, and this allows for one to track mm-hmm. and keep connection with the other satellites that are art like i don't know if people know this there's like hundreds of satellites up in orbit right now that are not only for the u.s there's china russia like every country has their own satellite not every country but a lot but a good like china and russia are the main ones that people really know about and um, just so everyone knows there is a international law that says that you are not allowed to put weapons on a space satellite and put them in space. Like, oh, they get checked. Yeah, it's, yeah. that's like a. I've always worried about that too. But it's, I mean, I don't know if anybody's following it to the law. To I the mean, letter. how are you gonna know? You're gonna be like, but well, technically, there's not supposed to. I just thought of a. I just thought of a whole conspiracy thing that I could talk about, but it's a history lesson, so I don't know if y'all want to hear about that. So. I feel like they like it, well, it's all, well. It's about how there was this idea that like like a very early idea of a satellite was for like um, for basically for war was to put these really giant long metal like thick metal rods up in space as like a weapons defense system. And if they needed to, what they would do is they would release that. And just the fact of how big it is and it releasing. As fast as it's going, it would create the it would create like a huge explosion, like the size of a nuke. But that is what led to them. I'm pretty sure. Don't quote me 100 percent on this, but that is what led to them creating the accord that says no weapons are allowed in space. Imagine you're walking down the street and this giant metal pipe just comes barreling into the atmosphere on fire, just straight into you. I'm reading. Oh, from, oh. But the 5G towers have lasers. That's definitely a conspiracy theory. Oh, we're actually (laughs) trapping ourselves on Earth. So much space debris orbiting the Earth that could collide in the far future while leaving the Earth. Yes. Space trash is bad. This guy is 100% going to get to the point where we're putting trash on a spaceship and throwing it out into space. Which is disgusting, but. I knew James was going to enjoy this one because he's very much into space. 
Like, I love space. Yes. Um, love space. But yeah, that was um, that was literally the whole point because this satellite they were bringing it also was not only did it track, but it was a communications satellite. So hmm. the space stations that were actually I don't know if the space station was up yet. No, was not it wasn't the, up not yet. Not the ISS. Um, but it let it let the other satellites communicate with each other and them aboard the Challenger. So while they were up there, that was going to let them be able to communicate, like, back with the, um... NASA? Kennedy Space Center. Mm-hmm. Man, Kennedy Space Center is just <laughs> getting me today. Um, and they were also wanting to capture Halley's Comet. I don't know if you guys know, in 1986, Halley's Comet was passing. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah. So they also wanted to be, be able to track I think I'll be really old the next time, we watch, next time we see it. I think it's every yeah. 200 years? Yeah. Or a hundred years? I thought, it was, I thought it was like eighty or something. Am I or crazy? Something? Is it? I don't know. I'll I don't Google know. it. I know that was part of it. That was one of the things. Oh, seventy-five to seventy-six years. Okay, I was way off, but yeah. Um, so in nineteen eighty-six, and so it'll appear next in mid twenty sixty-one. Okay, I'll be lucky if I'm alive. Live, yeah. Dang it. So on January eighth, nineteen eighty six, the crew basically did a practice run. This was pretty normal. Anytime there's a space launch, a shuttle launch, they do several practice runs just to make sure. Especially if this is like an astronaut's first time, mm-hmm. um, they do several just to kind of you know get into the feel of it and make sure. And engineers also double check. They literally check every inch of the shuttle as they should um just to make sure everything is okay and the day of the first original launch because there's multiple it gets Mm -hmm. pushed back a lot um it was pushed back almost a week oh wow like they kept like something was different at first the satellite they were the satellite they were taking up um wasn't fixed yet it had previously been into space before no I can't remember. I'm so sorry. I'm getting false information. But it, what there was a piece on it that wasn't fixed yet. Mm-hmm. And they obviously can't take it up if it's not going to work yet. So that's why they couldn't launch. And that was the whole part of the mission. Um, then they experienced an unknown mechanical issue that they never NASA really never came out and said. And I'm wondering if it's the issue that ultimately made it explode. That it had also happened once before. Um... Finally, the last delay, like uh, a week into it, was because of weather. Texas, in 1986 in January, was experiencing some of the coldest weather they had in, like, 30 years. That's crazy. Which was kind of crazy. Um, But on January 28th, so, actually, this was more. This was, like, that was January 8th when they did their first practice run. So, 20 days. Um... The entire crew loaded into the Challenger to make history yet again for another successful takeoff into space. There were issues. <laughs> of course. <laughs> there were issues. Like, before they even took off. Before it even, you know, three, two, one blast off. Before it even that morning, there were issues. And there were some things that should have kept them grounded. Like, should have been like, hmm. It's unfortunate, but we're going to have to delay another couple of days. And the night before the Kennedy Space Center, so that, so January 27th, mm-hmm. the night before, was literally the night they experienced the coldest temperature recorded in like 30 to 40 years. Jeez. So that very night before, like I'm not even talking like a week before, night before, um, 
And if you know a lot about NASA and like space launches, I didn't know this. There has to be a almost specific temperature like within degrees for them to be able to take off oh wow i did not know that and this was like 10 to 15 below that designated number oh geez the night before which i feel like that's a no-brainer i feel like if you had put these people in the shuttle they would have been like no we're not taking off but it was other people so they're like eh, mm-hmm. send them which is really sad. Um, and there was literally chunks of ice covering a good majority of the launch tower. Like, they literally... Like, if there's ice... So, the Challenger's already up. I don't know if y'all know this. The Challenger stays in place for, mm-hmm. like, a couple weeks before so they can get it ready. Because there's a lot of parts that you don't know. And it doesn't just, like, take off. There's a, p- a lot of parts that, like, detach itself. Yeah. And then it kind of takes off. Well, the launch tower that it sits on, that the shuttle basically is not exactly attached to, if that makes sense. So, there's two upper parts. I did a lot of research because I did not know a lot about NASA, unfortunately. And I humbled myself. Because I thought it just, you know, rockets. And there's, like, two upper parts that Mm -hmm. keep it stationary. Those lift off, come over to the side... And then there's a launch pad underneath, and it basically kind of lowers, but it lowers at the, they have to time it. It, like, basically kind of goes, and then as the rocket's taken up, everything moves. It's, like, very much a sequence, Mm -hmm. and it's actually really cool how they've worked all that out, where that bottom launch pad literally had big chunks, slabs of ice. And they had to go in there. They sent people in here to chunk this ice off. And they thought, yep, it's going to be a good launch day. It's wild to me. It's, I don't. To me, it just sounds like somebody higher up said was getting in trouble for not launching this It was. That's exactly what it was. We had a deadline. We had a deadline. And this was, people were riding on this because they really thought the space program, they thought Ronald Reagan was going to, he was the president at the time, 1986. Yes. Yes. I'm like 95% sure. Um, yes, because he gave a speech. Yes, Ronald Reagan. Um, they were afraid he was going to cut cut the funding. Fending. Cut funding and like cut NASA because NASA hadn't really done anything. And it was before the Challenger. I don't know if a lot of people know this. A lot of the shuttles were used once. Like I said, Challenger had been used several times because they couldn't find a way for the rocket to come back into orbit without being burnt up and having to release parts of it Mm -hmm. and it was like 10 15 million dollars to build this one rocket you'd send it up one time and then it would basically be destroyed on its way back because you had to release all this other stuff for the crew cabin this little tiny area that keeps the crew to safely kind of land into the water Mm -hmm. that's how they used to do it um and then now they had a way for a rocket to land on runway Mm-hmm. And that's how they would do it. So they were like, we have got to get the Challenger up. It's got to go because our funding is going to be cut. People are riding on this. This is the teacher flight. We need people to become astronauts later in life. And then this happened. Just, they just overlooked all this stuff. It's crazy to me. And the main thing is the engineers that worked on the Challenger, the people that were checking it out on the like the, the testing days, we're concerned with the O-rings being damaged. 
the O-rings. And you guys can thank Zach, our executive assistant, for this episode. He's been wanting me and Crystal to talk about this, like, since we started the podcast. Um, Because he's like Crystal. He's very much into science and anything. Because NASA's kind of, like, military-related. Like, kind of. Like, basically. Um, I wonder if they have an adult space camp. Like, you know if they space camp as a kid? <laughs> like, can I pay as an adult to go to adult space camp? I was camp? about to say for your birthday next year, I'm just going to, like, book you a, a NASA visit or something. I would love it. I want to go to adult <laughs> space camp. Like, spend a week on vacation learning how to be an astronaut. Like, I would be tired, but it'd be so much fun. <sighs> but, yeah, the O-rings, like Crystal said, the infamous. Everybody knows about these... And when you're thinking about a rocket, these are like the, the, these are the tiny, like it's really not something big. Like people probably think the Challenger exploded because of some big part on it. It's literally, it's a piece of rubber. It's literally, there's three O-rings on each, on each rocket that helps go up. There's two in the back and one kind of like, it's like a triangle basically, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm talking about? Um, and it was the far right one. Okay. So you guys know. And if you are like me, I hope there's a lot like you that weren't really good in science. Um, I really do wish I had Crystal as my teacher. Um, let me explain it in simple way. Let me explain it in Bethany way. Okay? Dumb way. No, not the dumb way. It's dumb way. It's simple. It's basically the cylinder part of the rocket booster, like I said, that lifts the rocket up. So it's like this little rubber piece that keeps everything connected and it moves and swells with temperatures and stuff. Because like Crystal was talking about, there's some parts of space that are really cold and then there's some parts that you're literally going hundreds of miles an hour into space and it gets really hot and they have these rockets and these fuels and all these chemicals. So these parts have to be plastic. I hope I'm explaining this way you can... You're following along. To me, it kind of reminds me of, like, cartilage, like, in your knee. In your knee, it moves. It moves. It moves. And it it swells, and then it goes down, and then it swells. Um, Oh, my God. Anyways, where the hot stuff comes out. I literally put this in my notes. Isn't that very scientific, the way I just... Where the hot stuff comes out. Where the hot stuff comes out. Right above the rocket, there's these O-rings, which is literally just like a plastic circle. And it just swells with everything and keeps everything kind of connected. I don't know why I'm doing this motion. Um, But I hope you guys get what I'm saying. Where the jet fuel burns out. That's what I... Yeah. Um, Do you know what I just want to say? I love your mom. Love your mom so much. She just texted me a link for adult or adult space camp. Like, oh my god, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. So excited. Yes, a rubber washer. That's like a, yeah, that's literally what it is. Um, Yeah, and it just connects stuff together. And the engineers told them um, that the weather was way too cold and it had kind of squeezed in too much that if it went up and those rockets went off it was going to crack because it had been going back and forth and then it had been swelled out too far that when the basically the hot air from the rocket going off would kind of warm it back up it was going to crack and the engineers told them that they were like you guys cannot take off today the weather has been way too cold and as soon as you hit those higher temps because the rocket doesn't just, like, go, okay? It It's like when you're on a 
airplane and you know we're gradually you know ascending and we're going up and we're getting altitude well further they go up into the atmosphere the boosters kind of go into full charge and they the engineer said when it gets like halfway up into the atmosphere like when you're about halfway in he was like it's going to crack and they waved him off. Like I said, they were very pressured, which I don't care. I'm, you're never going to pressure me so much in my life that I'm going to kill people. That's just like, I 100% can confidently say that. I don't, I could be the president of the United States and you're not going to, I'd be like, fire me. Okay. Um, there's a two day one and it goes on a weekend, but there's a wait <sighs> list. It's $300. It's all day Saturday and all day Sunday. And you get to explore the stuff. And then there's a set, a six-day, seven-night one oh my as God. well, too. I'm going to have to take her on oh this. Oh, my God. I want to go. I'm going to have to take her on this. But there's this. a wait list for it all. So oh, I, I bet. the wait list. Because there's other adults like me who want to be astronauts. Bezos that wanted to yeah, go up into well, space. I don't have a billion dollars. No, a million dollars. Um, but as the countdown is happening, everyone is watching. They still sent them up, which is the really sad part. That's horrible. Um, they knew what they were doing. And even eighteen. This is the really sweet part. They came all the way from Connecticut to Texas. Eighteen of Krista's students were there in the little. If you've ever watched the Kennedy Space Center or any of the takeoffs, like prior footages, um, it's not like right up on the rocket. They don't have anybody there. They would literally get like heat blasted and everything in their face. It's a little bit off. It's like a couple miles away, and there's like these bleachers set up that's like pointed right at it, and you can see. And eighteen of her students came to watch her. Isn't that That's so sweet? That is sweet. That's so Can sweet. Can you imagine though explaining to eighteen children what happened? As you're watching, it's when you watch the footage. I mean, my mom watched it live. A lot of people watched it live. I'm sure a lot of our parents, because if you were at school that day, they had it playing on the TV. It was everywhere. Um, and then seventy three seconds, just like the engineer said. Mm-hmm. So, a little over a minute, seventy three seconds after takeoff, the Challenger explodes. That's crazy. Yep. And this is the funny part. It's not funny. I don't know why I said that. I guess I'm nervous. Um, (laughs) All you hear is the announcer inside the Kennedy Space Center. I forget what you... I think there's a specific name for them. Um, He says, obviously a major malfunction... And it's just like obviously, and like all these parts are flawed. Like there's pictures, and like they took the to uh, direct. I cannot say that. Directory? No, tur. Traject. Oh my gosh! Now you got me not this. <laughs> trajectory. Trajectory. Yeah. Where they take the math and they know where something it landed. It was dumb because in my head I was saying, saying it, it right, right, and I just couldn't form the words trajectory yeah small stroke but i had one with you it's okay they took pictures as it was happening because they knew they were gonna have to find these pieces and that's how they kind of find the crew cabin later on um but yeah and there all the documentaries i watched a couple documentaries um yes and that's a lot because a lot of people in the stands like krista's parents were there and like Mm -hmm. you just see them as shock because that's right at first nasa told them that just the rocket the uh the uh, boosters blew up, mm-hmm. but but that the actual shuttle was was on. okay, um, because some of the boos- the parts do come off. Like I said, um, there's some things that they can't just like 
fully reuse again. There mm-hmm. are some things that have to be one time. And yeah, that's the thing NASA was running with and they were really hoping and people for like the first minute are just staring, looking around confused because it doesn't just like it goes it continues to go up for a few seconds because of well I mean motion I motion mean, it's a law of physics it's already been going at yeah. like 200 miles an hour it's not just gonna like immediately stop. Lo- it's yeah. not gonna looney tunes it you know where yeah. they fall and then like the thrust thank thrust. you that's the word yes so it keeps going up but 73 seconds in is when the explosion first happens and they actually have a picture which is really sad where they can see the crew cabin go off to the right and just kind of after a few minutes slowly start falling down. But yeah. That's sad. It's really sad. So let's get back to those O-rings I was talking about. The, the rubber the yeah washers. The rubber washers. The weather had made them, like I said, swell back and forth. They were just it would get cold. It was really, really cold for a few days. They would I'm doing the wrong motions. They would <laughs> swell in when it was cold. And then when it got hot, it would go like that. So it was kind of like this. And then when they took off and it got really hot, they kind of went like this and just so was cracked. It, so, what, so was it really and truly, it was just that, that they were so cold, so cold, and then they got so, so hot, hot so fast? Yeah. They, that's why they said, give us one day. They said, so tomorrow, they could... if it's warmer and it's thawed out, like they literally was the chunks of ice. Mm-hmm. If it thaws out, it'll be okay. But that's what it was. That's it was what, just It was swole. two extremes. It yeah. was two extremes. It went from being frozen to... On fire, basically. Yeah, and it was just too hot. So, um, when they... The further, like I said, they traveled into the atmosphere, it just kind of, those elements ultimately just caused it to crack. And then when those things aren't atta- attached, when those pieces aren't attached, and it kind of, like, started a fire, you have a ton of jet fuel mm-hmm. and other chemicals um you have oxygen tanks you have stuff that's making the cabin be like um not decompressurized so all those chemicals when it's stuff it like it broke off it hit the side of it and kind of like started a explosion almost a chain reaction Mm -hmm. so then it cracked that open all that that stuff started viewing out it went down to the bottom it was like a wave it went down to the rockets caught that fire and then just exploded yeah, so all those chemicals just kind of, it, yeah, and they literally, like, told them, they literally told this that morning, the day, uh, the day before, actually, they're, like, the temperatures are too cold, they were keeping track of it, and they're, like, this, it's not. This may be, um, a, you may be talking about this, but is this the explosion that happened where they told everybody that it, they all died instantaneously, but they really didn't? I'm literally, I was, okay. that's literally my next sentence. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, no, that's a good question. <laughs> that is a very good question, and I'm sure my mom could answer that too, because when it happened on the news, and like the next day, this is the speech I'm talking about, Ronald Reagan. Mm-hmm. He literally gave a speech the very next day, and they said that. They made a public thing that they died instantly when... And I'm sure at the time it seemed plausible, but I'll talk about it later on. When they find the crew compartment underwater is when they finally... Realize. Yeah, and we'll talk about there. I'm getting that. But, yeah, that's a really good question. Um, yeah, you're right, James. It does sound better for people to think that they all died instantaneously. It does, and that's a big thing. They were being... 
I mean, NASA were were a-holes. They literally killed these people when the engineers and stuff were explaining this. And it, it does make a family member. I mean, think it, about it's, it. It's optics, yeah, too. Th- think about it. You just watched this giant explosion in the air, and you're thinking nobody possibly could have survived that. But these shuttles, NASA's really good at making... Well, I should say the engineers. NASA doesn't make anything. They just run stuff. They're like the president, you know? Um... The engineers that make these in these parts, they're really good mm-hmm. at their job. So these cabin compartments, these crew compartments and all the stuff that holds the satellite and stuff are made to withstand an intense amount of heat. Uh, uh, let's just say they go up and they hit an asteroid or whatever. We, were, we, we literally just talked about a bunch of debris and trash up in the, you know, trash up in space it's made to withstand that so do you think if it exploded and it just like you think that part's gonna explode too i mean it could but it's literally made not to if that makes sense yeah so i mean chances are if they hit something hard enough enough, they would die but it's not meant to like and that stuff is made to break off if something happens it's made to break off yeah so and i'm pretty sure that you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought that it was also made so that, like, there was a safety, or maybe this is the newer ones, that there's a safety thing in it now. So, like, if one part breaks off and they're not going to be able to get all the way up into space, that they can release the stuff to land. Like, yeah, it, notif- it notifies them because they believe my uh, Mike Michael or his wife, likes to refer to him as Mike, did not know. Like, they knew something had happened, but they're pretty sure that he didn't know that they were falling. Mm-hmm. Like, they probably didn't know. So, because, like I said... The, it also happened very fast. It happened very fast, and the thrust, like we were talking about, kept them going up. So, even if you're looking out, because they do um, have, like, these, like, Little windows. tiny windows. They're not really big. Um, and they were in, like... There's different compartments for, like, taking off while you're up there, when you're coming down. Like, there's different parts. So, they probably couldn't see. So, like, they probably didn't even... Really know what was happening. Until, like, too late, you know? But, yeah. um, And, like, we're talking about, they did... The initial statement did say that they all passed away in the explosion. Um, Engineers, scientists, and even some fellow astronauts believe now, after, like, further documentation and being able to kind of like really dig deep into it and examine it um that they actually didn't die until the crew cabin compartment hit the water and it did land just off the coast of florida Mm -hmm. um cocoa beach to be exact kind of well they also find some parts there i don't think it's cocoa beach to be exact but somewhere in that area general vicinity east coast area yeah um once the crew compartment was recovered there wasn't any signs and this is why they think they did not die during the explosion because this would have happened during the explosion the cabin still had not been decompressurized it was still pressurized intact it was still intact yeah like it was i hope that makes sense yeah it does um a uh, simple way, air in, air out. Air didn't get out, didn't therefore get explosion didn't get in. Yeah. No fire. Uh, fire thrives on air and oxygen. It didn't hit the oxygen, therefore no fire. Yeah. No flamey. Okay? I hope that's simple. <laughs> um, 
So they would have had oxygen from the time the boosters and the rocket exploded and then until the very time that they hit the water. Um, I really think NASA, you know, like you guys were talking about, were just, for one, trying to save their own butts. Mm Mm-hmm. Because they knew they messed up and these people really died. And then also they have seven crew members that died and seven families that are literally about to sue the heck and crap out of them. Um, so it's much better for like, oh, they passed away instantly, you know, instant death thing. And it makes people feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the engineers pleaded with them and they still sent them up. Like the engineers. It's like their fault. It's not the engineers' yeah, fault. It's whoever you know, made that executive decision. Which, sadly, if you watch the, do- the documentary on Netflix, there's one man that he resigns that very day. Oh, he I was, bet. He was one of the engineers. He was like, I can't do this. He's like, I pleaded with you guys. And he I like. I bet he feels like the blood's on his hand. He went home that day. And in the documentary, it says it. He went home and told his wife, those people are going to die. Like that night, that's before horrible. before they took off because they knew the day prior he was like the temperature's too cold when they go up. I can't imagine go, yeah. carrying that with that guilt. guilt. But it, but is he guilty if he tried? If he did everything in his power to say, "Look, they don't need to go up," and they still didn't listen to him, that's not his fault. Yeah. He tried. But it is a pretty... I do kind of wish they had died. Um, and they very well could have. I mean, we don't know. if it, Like, jostled. And if your neck turns just the right way from, like, that much intense explosion, it doesn't take much to, like, break your neck or your back or anything. So they very well... Um, because the way they died is pretty brutal. Imagine you're free-falling um, and you go skydiving and your parachute doesn't go out and you just smack the earth that's basically what happened to them but water at two they think this is a rough because i mean we don't know they'd have to literally recreate it again but they think it was somewhere between 200 to 250 miles per hour they smacked the water um and nobody survived in that y'all i'm just Mm -mm. um even if they didn't they were underwater for six weeks because they didn't find it till six weeks later but yeah. So when they found it though, hold on. When they found it though, was the cabin pressurized, or was it still? That's the part. Did it, that's, de- does it filled with water? That's the thing that's confusing. It was still pressurized, but water had gotten into it, and it was hard for them to identify all of the bodies. Um, but you gotta think they're probably not planning for a lot of water when they're going up into space and mm-hmm. even when they these do land there's always people there like in the water to quickly get them out so i mean so i would hope could, they didn't drown no they would they said there's no way they would okay. survive smacking the the water at 250 miles so per ma- hour. so maybe when they smacked the water so hard that broke a seal or that broke something and that's why and they, they said that very well could have um and another thing is because if it had decompressurized, there's latches that all the astronauts would have uh, pulled. Mm-hmm. Like, they're trained to do that. And only two of them were pulled. But it's like a... Uh, you know how planes have, like, the... That tells you something happened. The black box or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they have, like, that on the shuttles. And it said that those weren't pulled until, like, right before they hit the water. So, like, right before they hit the water, that's when they realized what was something happening? Something was happening. Oh, that breaks my heart. And more, you're right. More than likely, 
when they smacked, it probably, I mean, 250 miles per hour. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah. And then water, I mean, water had to have gotten in because they said some of them, there's two out of the seven, two of them couldn't be like identified, you know, Uh but they could with like dental records and stuff. But like identifications are weird. You have to physically like see them and be like that's my loved one yeah um and two of them couldn't um that's rough so yeah it yeah it's really it's really sad (sighs) i okay so now let's get to the disgusting facts we now know about the challenger accident explosion um i highly if you're a youtuber like me i love watching youtube videos uh, very much ADHD brain. If I'm doing research for the podcast or other stuff or homeschooling, I have to have like something up. I can't even take. I'm outing myself. Go to Amazon if you're like me, and I got a, a waterproof phone case that sticks to my shower. I cannot even be alone in my shower with my thoughts because I have to have uh, something. I have a shelf in my shower that I brought. No, mine is so bad that my shower head's really loud. So I um. I need a new one, but I at one point had a Bluetooth speaker that I would hook up with my phone so that I could hear my phone louder while I was in the shower. This is how bad it is. So a lot of time when I'm doing research for the podcast, I use it as my shower time, and I'll put put a YouTube video on, and that's actually how I got this information. And you're right. That's how a lot of people die from jumping off of the, uh, what's the bridge in California? The Golden Gate Bridge. The Golden Gate Bridge. It's so high that it's it's like concrete. Mm -hmm. So think of them. 250 miles per hour. There's no way. Uh -uh. The the scientists are like, it's a no-brainer. And um, it would be sad because surviving that and to drown, that would... But, yeah, you're right. It is concrete. But, yeah, um, I have to have some kind of noise, so I have that. And it was, like, 10 bucks on Amazon. Good investment. But if you go on YouTube, Weird History is the channel. I sub- I'm i subscribed to them. Um, a lot of shocking facts people may not know. There was some that I didn't know that I wanted to include and kind of... They talk about not just NASA, but there's honestly a lot they could talk about NASA, which is really scared. But it really brings to light how much has been covered up in our history and how far they're willing to go to cover it up. Um, So, like I said, the coldest temperature ever recorded for a launch day was January 27th, 1986. The day before the Challenger. They knew what they were doing. A whole 24 hours. Um, Oh, I have the temp. I forgot what I was telling you. It has to be 53 degrees exactly. Or they are not supposed to. It was in the 30s. So they just killed these people. They killed these people. Because they wanted to get a space shuttle. It looked looked good for America. It looked good for NASA. So I I, I am not blaming them when I say this. But... I have to wonder, did any of the astronauts know this information? Like, I, I mean, I'm not saying they had to or they didn't. I feel but like... I don't feel like any self-respecting human being would get on a space station knowing that this needed to be 53 degrees and it's in the 30s and there's a very high likelihood that this is not going to happen. I just don't feel like they would have gotten on the spaceship had they known that. I feel like they knew it, but they were trusting these people. You put a lot of trust in these people. Yes, Mike, Michael was the pilot, and he had been flying for, like, 10, 15 years in the Air Force prior. Like, he was a good pilot. He knew everything about flying it. But you're also putting... It's just like... 
when you go to the hospital and you have a surgery, you don't know everything about that surgery. You do, you, you yourself do not know how to perform that surgery on yourself, but you're trusting that doctor, which this is a bad mm-hmm. comparison because there's a lot of malpractice lawsuits, but you're trusting. So I think they did, but they're like, there's no way they would send us up if it was something bad. So it was just a lot of trust. But the engineering company... Morton Thiokol Inc. are the ones that urged NASA to cancel cancel the launch. Okay, so these are um, the smart people. Yes. The O-rings were made of rubber. It did not work correctly in cold temperatures. We've already talked about this. They are literally, these engineers, the Morton Thiokol, are the legit ones that made these. They invented these. So they are saying our own parts. We made these. We know how they we've work. We've tested them in the. Yeah. We've tested them in labs. We've done them on other missions. We know how. They, and they are literally imagine being the inventor of a of an invention. And someone's trying to use it the wrong way. And somebody at NASA with the little rinky dink headphones, like, nah, we gonna send them on up. And they send them on up, and then they died. And then the inventor's like, well, you know what? I done told you, and you didn't want to listen to me, so. I'd have been like, here's a piece of paper. You signed this saying that I'm not responsible for their deaths. The dude that literally invented a part for a space shuttle. That's the crazy thing. That's insane. That the is company, insane. The company is saying then, you should not like, do this. Nobody was mad at them, rightfully so, mm-hmm. because they literally told them. And like I said, a lot of them resigned. They felt like they had to resign because they literally, they didn't kill these people, but they felt like they did. Oh, yeah. But like the company that makes this part is telling you and it's just it's wild to me i had to so if you go to youtube and watch them weird science they talk about in detail a lot more they throw a lot more stuff out that explains it than me um but yeah you got the you got the developer and bob eberling an engineer this is the one i told you he's the engineer that checked the the shuttle Mm -hmm. he's not the one that um invented it um but he just did, like, the final checks. He worked checks. for them, and he worked on the Challenger, like, previously, and he did it. He literally went home that night, like I said, and said, that ship is going to blow up tomorrow. That's crazy. Can you imagine? Um, yeah. And not only the engineer, but there were some astronauts. Some astronauts that had been working at NASA, like, since the 60s when it was first beginning, mm-hmm. left NASA. Jeez. And they're in the documentary that's on Netflix. And they're like, I am i can't work for you anymore. He's, they're like, I'm ashamed. Um, and NASA, this is the really sad part. The Na- NASA didn't even, like, they weren't in a hurry to, like, figure out what happened. Which is insanity Sin- to me. Yeah. Like, I would be like, we need to find out right now. And you know what the reason was? Is the reason they didn't need to find out right now is because they freaking knew. Whoever, did, the, did you ever find out who it was, was the per like the individual person who made the decision that it was going to, the mission was going to continue? No, and I don't think they ever would. And I'm more Because than, that's the person that blamed. And more than likely that dude was... Driven out to the deserts of Arizona, shot and buried in a deep hole. No, he wasn't. He probably was still kicking. Who? I don't know. I honestly don't know. But it's nowhere. No, that, but that is the person who needs to be held responsible. And that is the person who did he, not want this to He himself be. should have resigned if he had any This white man. I don't know. He, he probably was, white, was. But he probably was. Probably was. But that is the person who is, who is responsible for these. Hands down. And no, the man that said that, the engineer that said that, never notified. Um, one, I don't 
the, it was really hard to get to the astronauts the day before launch or several weeks before launch. Um, but that's part of the reason. If you watch the documentary on Netflix, he honestly says that's part of the reason he resigned. And he never worked in engineering again. That's how much this infected him. Mm -mm. Uh, because he says he does feel guilty that he should. He said, he was like, I should have gone to the news. But see, but <laughs> this is the thing. It's not on it's, them. But, but this is the thing with these astronauts and this engineer is he probably thought he was doing the right thing by telling his superiors, hey, this is what it is. And mm -hmm. the chances are his superiors were probably like, okay, great. Thank you for telling us. Uh, I appreciate it. We don't care. We're or, still no, do it. Or they could have just told him, hey, yeah, we'll look into this and we'll make sure that this, you know, we'll double check this. We'll make sure everything's good to go. Thank you for telling us. And they did check it and just said, screw it. Yeah. So he probably, at that moment, thought that everything was going to be okay. He did the right thing. Either way, he left. The next day, he came in and resigned. And he never worked for NASA. He never was an engineer again. He did the documentary for Netflix, but he says he tries very hard not to think about it. Um, because it's haunted him, like, every day since. Since 1986. So, the Miami Herald, of all places, the Miami Herald... Um, is actually the ones that we can thank for pursuing the information. Not NASA, like I said. Um, they knew they messed up. Um, whether the crew died on impact or during the initial explosion. Because NASA would have gone to their graves. Oh, they, they would have yeah. gone to their graves that the seven crew members died on explosion. Um, but they didn't. They fell three miles down from the sky to the Atlantic Ocean at 250 miles per hour. And we know that because of the Miami Herald and them seeking out and they contact engineers, they contact scientists, they contact astronauts. And they said, yeah, we want to do a story on it. They were like, we're not going to lie. We want to be the first people to do a story on it. But they were like, we genuinely want to know what happened to these people. And so they all got together and they found out and went and did research. And it took six weeks. Jeez. They contacted the United States Navy. Um, which good for the Navy for being willing to work with Step them. Step up and look. Um, yeah. They sent out some divers, some professionally trained divers, and they went out and searched. And it took six weeks for the crew cabin to finally. Um, oh, I did put in my notes. For the it took six weeks. So this was that was January. It took six weeks. I think this was in March. Late March, mm -hmm. I think. Um, it was located by the naval divers, which was really sad for them. Because they literally had to pull the bodies out. I can't which even imagine. Which is so sad. Um, and I read a story um, from a YouTube comment. So take this as you will. But they said that um, they knew one of the divers. And that one of the bodies got swept up in a current. An, un <gasps> an undertow. And they literally had to search for the body. But they found it. Oh my god, thank but god. But can you imagine? I cannot. Finally finding them. And then it, it, it was like a strong undercurrent, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, but it was found 15 miles east of Cape Canaveral. So, not even that far off the coast. No. 15 miles, that's really not that far. Um, and literally this all happened because NASA wanted to meet their goal of two space missions a year. That's gross. Can you imagine? That's gross. Killing seven people. That's gross. Seven souls. It was... January. It was literally January. So if you need two a year, you're one month into the year. They had 11 other months to get two missions done. 
They couldn't like do this in February, March. Just a couple days. April, May. One day. One day. One day. Yeah. You'll sacrifice lives just to meet deadlines. And that's that's unfortunately why a lot of people have died in history. Like all throughout history. Because we had to be the first. We had to be the best. We had to do this. Which is where... Yeah, that's true. There are other places you can launch from. Yeah. And it's, the weather's warmer there. So those O-rings probably would have thrived in that condition. Which is not normal for Texas. But they like... We know... Um, you know, like the almanac and stuff. It's not accurate, but it gives a pretty good estimate on what the weather's going to be like. So, even if you don't, like, know. So, I'm reading about this as we're talking about it. And, I mean, obviously, you know this. You're reading it or you researched it. But it says that when the explosion happened, that it, like, the force of it pushed the shut like the cabin part of it to going two times the speed of sound yeah it did it, it um that's why it, it like pushed them off faster that's why they said they didn't know at first yeah. they don't think the pilot might Mm-mm. knew at first because it looked like they were just still well going. yeah and this is what i'm reading it says that it it possibly could have knocked them into being unconscious and that they didn't know what was happening i did read that because it says that the acceleration forces because it took them from forty-five thousand feet to sixty-five thousand feet and that's when they arced and came back down and the accelerations were estimated between 12 and 20 g's for two seconds and that they wouldn't have had enough that they would have lost consciousness because it said they would have only had between six to 15 seconds of consciousness like like when the g's happened and then they would have like lost consciousness but they during the two minutes and 45 seconds it took for them to hit the ocean that they wouldn't have had enough time to come back to consciousness in order to no because it once it was happening uh Inertia is not the right word I'm looking for. Maybe it is. I don't know. But when it finally did descend, uh, it was fairly quickly. Yeah. It, like a yeah. rock. Yeah. Two minutes and 45 seconds to get yeah. from 65,000 feet yeah. to the yeah. earth. And then it just... Ocean. Snack. So, yeah. So, I mean, that's a sucky way to die. Mm-hmm. But that's 100% a preventable death if they would have just freaking listened to these people. You are right. And for this research, I did look that up because Mike Michael... Um, the pilot, like I said, he was a pilot in the Air Force before. He had been through that training, so I went and I looked it up, like, pilot training and stuff and astronaut training, and they go from, like, 1G, like, throughout, like, several months, you have to work yourself up, and a lot of the times, they just pass out. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So, more than likely, that's what I was, honestly, that's what I was thinking, that once that explosion, and, like, sitting up, sitting up faster, I think they just passed out passed out but remember those two latches yeah those two. um resnick yeah. judith the other female and yeah what did it in ozan ozan nuka uh the other uh astronaut they were the only ones that did their latches so like for a brief second they weren't unconscious they know that at least because they did the latch that you're supposed to do when the cabin decompressurized because they had a feeling that something was going ha- going to happen so they did that just so they'd had oxygen but yeah yeah they basically yeah unfortunately columbia knew Mm -hmm. unfortunately that's the sad part but at least we know it wasn't because nasa just didn't care which is kind of sad to look at it we're expecting the bare minimum from nasa at this point Um, oh so okay sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you 
it says that they knew that the only air pack that like their air that they had that they knew was turned on was the one of Mike's. Um, but they said that there's no way that he could it's have gotten Judith. it. Judith is the one that she yeah. was sitting behind him, and he re, uh, because the pilot normally can't do that, so they normally teach the person sitting behind the mm-hmm. pilot to do it. And they think Judith did it real quick before they hit yeah. the water. Yeah. So they think that he they that he, they turned it on. Mm-hmm. That's so sad and scary, though. Also, there was two decks, like I told you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike, the pilot, Judith, and. Uh, Jarvis, I think his last name is Jarvis. They yeah. were on one, and then Krista Ozanoka and some Ellison, Ellison were all on the second deck. Yeah, so. yeah, it says astronauts Judy Resnick and Ellison Ozanuka were riding behind yeah. Smith and Scobie, yeah. and that they think that they're the ones who assisted Smith by turning on. Yeah, but they don't know who else's air pack was turned on, but that that air pack and one other, other one, one that off. Yeah, had about seven eighths had. Showing three-fourths to seven-eighths of the air that they had breathed in. Like, they had already used some of the air. Yeah. Yeah, and that was probably just coming down. They they just, like, they right probably before passed they passed out, out. They probably passed out, woke up, turned it on, and then were, like, breathing for a little second, and then they smacked the water. Yeah. So. That's rough stuff, man. But, yeah, um, that's all for I have for you guys. This was... Um, I hate saying this. This was really fun to research and look up. And it's sad to say that because people died. And we know people died because of just people being... What better way to deal with grief and humor than... Hum- yeah. That's how I deal with stuff. That's I'm, how I do it. Y'all know humor. Me. Humor is my thing. Um, but yeah, it, this was 100% preventable. The maker of... An actual part on a space shuttle at it's NASA like, hey, don't use this. is saying our product cannot work in these unstable conditions and these temperature changes. You cannot send that crew up, and they still send them up. So, yeah, it it's it very sad, and it's unfortunate that these seven. I mean, Krista had uh had kids <laughs> just sitting there watching that. Can you imagine yeah. these little kids? And Tra- how them? traumatizing that is. Think about all of America. I mean, my mom watched it live at school. Think of all these young kids, all these parents, all these people. Um, we don't have to. We witnessed 9-11. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. That was like, very traumatic. I remember where I was at I school. I remember. I was I was at school. school. I remember because. We got out of school early that day, too. Not like not that I'm saying that that was a good thing to get, <laughs> get out, out of school. school. But, no, we got out of school early because I remember we got out of school. We had TVs in our classroom. We did, too. And I remember it coming over the intercom and them telling us to turn on the TV because I don't know why a bunch of third graders I needed to watch that. I don't think my teacher turned it on. Uh, mine definitely did. And we turned it on, and we turned it on just in time to see the second plane hit. That's when we saw it. And I remember my teacher... Did I have a substitute that day? I did. I had a substitute teacher that day. I'm pretty sure. And our substitute was great. She was, like, telling us what was happening. And she was explaining it to us. And she was telling us about um, that we don't know what happened, but it looks like a plane hit. And then, like, when the second plane hit, she was, like, just, you know, 
kind of distracting us on honestly she was like you know like we were watching it but she was kind of like very much controlling the emotion now looking back she did a really good job i don't remember i don't remember much i was in first grade pretty sure yeah i was in first grade i don't remember much the only thing i remember just because it scared me Mm -hmm. is my teacher made all of us go out in the hallway my entire hall Mm -hmm. like our entire hall went out in the hallway and we huddled um like when we did like tornado drills because for some reason they thought that because that happened like the entire country was going to get bombed. Oh, yeah, we didn't think about that. Um, And then I remember my granny picked me up from school, and that's all I remember. Yeah, I remember getting picked up from school early. My mom got me, and I'm pretty sure my mom got me. And I remember going home, and we had one of those really big, this is my grandparents' house, uh, like my dad's mom's house and it had she had they had one of those big TVs that was really tall that was flat on the front but had like the huge butt. Yeah. Um it was one of those and I remember us watching CNN all day long, all day long and watching it happen over and over again and my mom explaining to me like what happened. That's when I learned about like the Gulf War and I learned about like previous wars that we had in Iraq. Like I remember my mom like discussing that with me and telling me about, you know, like as they were piecing stuff together, yeah. like, that day, I remember her telling me about that and telling me about, um, and then I remember watching when the plane hit the Pentagon and when the plane crashed in Pennsylvania. Like, I remember her just, like, explaining to me what, like, I wasn't just watching and it wasn't a situation where she told me not to watch. Yeah. It was a very much, like, this is history and happening and, like, you need to know what's happening. My mom was always like that, though. Um... So, like, I remember, I remember a lot of it. Like, probably, I remember it obviously from a kid's point of view, but I do remember it being very serious and remember it being, like, like, I remember it being devastating. Like, I still remember what I was doing and, like, I remember how I felt when I was watching people jump out of the windows. Like, I remember that. And, it's, well, it's sad. You got a bunch of traumatized millennials now, so, yeah. you know, yeah. we had that trauma early. But. And then, like, shortly after that, I learned about the Holocaust, so it was mm-hmm. like, have we ever had a happy time? <laughs> I remember that, too. Yeah. Strangely enough, there's a book that everyone should read. There's actually two books, and I can't remember the name of either one of them, and if I ever find them, I will let you. The first one talks about how... um history kind of goes in phases and it's basically every 70 years i believe 70 or 80 years um and there's basically just a really bad period of time that happens with a lot of like revolution and change um and our last one happened with world war ii yeah and so the generation that comes out of this which will be um the one after Gen Z I believe um is where you're gonna see um a lot of like the high of our society like everyone's happy a lot of people like great economics are good so we have to go through all the trauma trauma and the bad and then we're gonna have a really great generation and then we'll have like and then we'll have like another generation where there's a lot of like progressive movements where like a lot of the way people think and change and stuff and then you're gonna have a really artistic movement or generation of people where like a lot of new things are invented a lot of things change and then you're going to have that turmoil again and it kind of goes oh, and change man. 
Second book, I have this one at home and it's one of my favorite books I've ever read in college. And it basically has predicted everything and I'm not even kidding you when I tell you it freaking predicted COVID. I'm not even lying to you. Not even lying to you. I, know, I, I will know. find it for you. It basically tells you about how in, um, I think it said 2019 to like 2025, it predicted that there would be a worldwide pandemic that um, people would be decisive over, that it would change the way we looked at politics, the way we looked at policies, everything. And it talks again about cycles and cycles in like the way we think and the cycles of way that humans live. Incredible book. And this book was written in like 1992. Wow, that's, that's crazy. It is insanity. It is so crazy. I'll have to find it I and do, I will. I do agree with that. I would 100% go through, I be, all because I don't think 9-11 affected me the same way. Just because I was young. I was in first grade. I mean, Crystal was in third. That's not mm -hmm. much older. Um, and James is the same age as you. Mm -hmm. So he was also, he was probably in second. He's one year younger. Yeah. Um, but the Holocaust really, and that wasn't even, we weren't alive. Mm -mm. But I remember because English class was always my favorite, and I'll never forget, I was in eighth grade, which I feel like is kind of late to learn about the Holocaust, honestly. Mm -hmm. Same. Um, and she was my favorite teacher. I loved her so much, and it affected me, and I literally remember being a big baby and crying and I was super embarrassed because I thought everybody's gonna make fun of me because we were reading a book based about it and then we were watching a bunch of movies and then we had to make like dioramas on like how we wish people had been living during the holocaust which was really sad mm -hmm. and I just remember crying and it affected me so much and then I'm such a weirdo I'm like what if yeah I'm a 92 baby too okay so, yes, so we're the same age and then I was like what if in a past life I lived through something like that and that's why it affected me so much? I mean, maybe. I mean, I... Because it hit me. I agree that I would live through all of everything I've lived through again if it meant that our future for our children, and I don't even have children and I don't plan on it, but for the children of the future, the next generations to live a completely peaceful I feel and not to worry about this, I'm, I would live through it again. I mean, even having kids, like... I'm still a good person, and, like, people can re be really b bad in the world, even mm -hmm. to me, like, in person. But I'm still going to wish the best for you. I'm still going to want to wish the mm -hmm. best for your family, your children. Even if I don't know you, you've never known me. Because that's just, like, the type of people we are, and we surround ourselves. And I think that's the type of people Crystal's talking about. We have people like us that have experienced all that, and we don't want people to experience. So we're creating better spaces. We're being more considerate, more empathetic oh yeah definitely so a lot of empathy i feel like a lot of people a lot of 90s babies are definitely are, empathetic. i think we're superior but um and, and i don't think necessarily think i guess you could every generation is going to think they're superior but you have to honestly look at it as the generation that you were um raised by i mean if you think about it world war ii those parents came back from war or you know, they raised their children in a sense that I don't want to say they were entitled to anything, but they raised their children in a different way than we would raise a child today. They raised their children with the mindset that 
Um, James is going to make me cry. I know. <laughs> I was reading it, too. My nieces and nephews are the only reason I'm here still today. Watch the little dim nerds grow up. Yes. I will say, there's a lot of people in my family that they're a main reason why I'm here. But... Um, I think about people that lived through the Great Depression. Well, yeah. I mean, well, think about people that went through the... They were resilient. The... They did everything. We Look at all the the recipes that we got. Yeah. We got water pie. I don't know if you guys know what water pie is. They literally had just enough money to make the crust, and they would take water and any flavoring or anything mm-hmm. and basically congeal it. And that's how we got jello yeah like so much like they had nothing and they were still trying to make be positive and be happy yeah so i think that so really then, did so take they, a yeah, chain so, reaction but like not to say that they did anything wrong but then they raised children who had like this sense of like i'm gonna give you the world because i have everything we came back for more and i'm gonna give you everything because i don't know when this is going to end and yeah. unfortunately some of those kids grew up with a sense of entitlement I hate that. And I'm never going to be that person. And they gave that to their kids. And so then you have these other kids who, you know, have then lived through a lot. They've lived through World War II. Mm-hmm. And they impart that on a generation. And then you have this generation of parents who did not tell their kids, hey, I love you. There was freaking, I mean, I'm sure some people, I don't remember because I wasn't like, that old enough for this but there were you know things on tv saying do you know where your kids are right now remember to give your kid a hug today that's what that's the bare minimum like (laughs) when you have a tv commercial remind you to give your child a hug and to tell your child that you love them and where is your child because you don't know because you're such a detached parent how do you think that impacts your child that gives me kim k vibes well yeah it does (laughs) but then like you think about it so you have these kids who grew up never knowing that their parents loved them never received a hug from their child how do you think that affects how they parent so now you're now you have millennials. I mean, my mom was never like that, but now you have millennials who never knew their parents loved them and are trying so hard to give their child everything in the world because they're trying to make up for that. They're trying to make sure their child know, feels that they're the loved. The call is coming from inside the house, you know? Yeah. My dad's dad never told him he loved him or gave him or gave him anything. Yeah, that's how he a lot of people t- he, he tells us that a lot because... He, like, is, like, I don't ever want you to get annoyed with me. Like, if he checks up on us or he mm-hmm. tells us he loves us a lot because he's, like, I want you guys to know that. Mm-hmm. Um, like, especially with my granny pass, he, like, looked me and my mom, like, dead in the eyes. And he's, like, if I don't cry, don't get upset with me because mm-hmm. my father literally would beat me mm-hmm. if I cried because boys don't cry. Mm-hmm. So, like, he, like, I've never seen him. I don't know if my mom has. I've never seen my papa cry. I feel like I would freak out. But, like, it, he would literally yeah. get beat because boys didn't cry. So he doesn't. But, like, he's always, like, telling, like, Alex or, like, us or anything, it's okay. Like, sure. And he's always like, I love you. And, yeah. like, he didn't have that. So, and yeah. so, yeah, he's he's making that change in his family yeah. because he didn't want his children and his grandchildren and his great-grandchildren to ever feel the way he felt. And I think there's something special about that. And I don't – to me, that's not harping – like you don't have to be. You don't have to be mushy. Never. We only yeah. hate each other. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. And you look at the relationship you guys have, and it's awesome. Yeah. 
And you know, and you guys don't have, you guys don't really say I love you, but like, I feel like y'all do, but it's like in your own way. And yeah. that's okay that's too. That's okay too, because you're sharing, you're, yeah. you're letting that person know yeah. that you don't need to say I love I you. I think that's what we're talking about, bare minimum. Like, we're literally asking for the bare minimum, which is sad, but like, do you think like maybe, like Chris will say in this book, do you think a lot of this stuff would have happened in history if maybe they had just like a little bit of effect. we talk about it yeah. a lot all on the podcast a lot of people that unfortunately it's a stereotype a lot of people that had a really bad childhood that were beat that weren't loved that weren't allowed to be themselves go on to kill people mm-hmm. and i often tell crystal that like i cried during an episode when we did jerry brudos because uh-huh. he was literally he had a horrible childhood he was literally just a cross-dresser yeah he literally was a straight man that just liked to wear women's high heels not even women's clothes just wear women's high heels and his mom literally beat him and told him that he wasn't allowed to do that so what did he do he went on to kill women that he liked their feet and their shoes like it's sad because you have to wonder how many people would be bad people today if someone just told them that they loved them (laughs) same it's the same thing yeah it is the same thing yeah I mean, but it's yeah. just sad. It really is sad. And I think that, I'll, I'll be honest, that's one of the reasons that I really fell in love with history. I mean, that's a good point. There are studies that some of our brains are just chemically imbalanced. And those are different. That's why I said it was a stereotype. Because not all those people would have gone on to kill. Because like you said, they're, they're literally, that's why they, they that's why we have, um, People that sign their bodies over to science. Mm-hmm. I personally wouldn't mind it. I'm not, I wouldn't I want to be it. cremated. My mom yeah. knows how I feel. We, I want to be cremated. She too. doesn't like talking about it. And Zach feels the same way. We're not here anymore. So that's why I'm also an organ donor. Same. Uh, um, Use my body to help somebody else. I'm not here anymore. And I really don't want to live in a vegetative state. Nope. If that ever. Absolutely not. Knock on if wood. I, y'all can take this if it's not written down in my will. If I'm in a vegetative state and I am not going to wake up anytime soon and like literal machines are the only thing keeping me alive, turn them off. I've turn already, them off. Zach's already had, like he's already like, when he first like enlisted in the military, he was like, don't do this with my body if I don't come back. Or if I come back and I've been like blown up or shot or something, don't do this. And it was hard to have that conversation. And it was oh, really yeah. sad. But like I would have done 100%. Mm -hmm. like but and that's how we know because they study the brains and the different lobes and stuff and some people have enlarged parts of i forget what you call it but it's the part that controls our aggression and anger and uh, they say it's like the killer gene or whatever Mm -hmm. and it's literally just because one part of your brain developed more than the other side because you have a left and a right lobe i just did the opposite <laughs> direction but you have a left lobe and then um you have the cerebellum and everything i'm using some words that i know um but yeah same james i do the same thing um he said that sometimes he just finds himself tearing up thinking about people who don't get love um i feel the same way and i think that's why bethany and i try to always be so inclusive in everything that we do i think that's honestly a big part of why we started the podcast yeah. Because I do, I hate when people aren't loved. Ask, you can ask Tyler, and it embarrasses him because I am a huge, like, I will stand up for someone if they're bullied, and he's like, you're going to get shot one day. But, like, I was even telling my therapist the other day, like, if I see someone in public getting bullied, 
I will say something. I will be like, you need to stop talking like that to people. And I will butt into everyone's business if someone is being rude. Because I hate it. That reminds me of the time a couple years ago we were home visiting. James is going to know what I'm talking Mm -hmm. about. Instantly came to mind. Because he's the same. So Mm -hmm. is Zach. Uh, we were out. We were playing bingo. That's so old. To I say. love it. But we were all out playing bingo, and we were leaving. And this car drove by, and a man like pushed a woman out of the car. Oh, absolutely! And not. he hit her. Oh, absolutely! And then not. he threw a water bottle, and like, it was like Zach and James's like souls left their body, and they turned into robots, and they just started walking across the street, and immediately started like asking her if she was okay and then they were yelling at the man and i was like yeah i was like you guys are gonna get shot i don't even care just because where we were and i would have i i was also like afraid for her but like i know how people are and Mm -hmm. i was like this is florida this is fort rotten beach but yeah i've always told tyler if i die standing up for somebody then i did what's right yeah 100 you can shoot me if i stand up for somebody and i will be like bring it on because at the end of the day people some people are not strong enough to stand up for themselves (laughs) and it's hard for me to stand up for myself sometimes so i will 100 and somebody else and when i was doing the research for the challenger for this episode i found myself like really blaming i won the the managers at nasa that control the control center <laughs> you want to call them and be like what did you do but then i was trying really hard not to blame the engineers like especially the company that made it because i the whole time i was watching it and reading it i was like you should have just mentioned it one more time you should have just mentioned it one more mm-hmm. time you, you and that man that went home and told his wife he was like i almost went to the news building mm-hmm. and i was like I would have. I would have. But he I don't know stuff like yeah. that. I don't do that job. But if I know in my heart, and I'm not, like, trying to toot my own horn, um, I would say something. Mm-hmm. I would have. I would have shown my tail. I would have gotten arrested. I would have gotten thrown wherever they throw people in NASA. I don't know if there's a specific jail <laughs> like they have for the military. But, like... Well, it's privatized now. Um, it makes me think of that movie. What's that movie on Netflix where the the meteor's gonna hit or whatever and the scientist goes and they don't believe him and he goes to the have you watched that Mm-mm. you haven't watched that movie on netflix um it's got the girl from hunger games she's the scientist that discovers it oh don't go, look up yeah oh i've seen that yeah 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 and like the president makes yeah. them seem like they're crazy yeah i would called i would have been the craziest person you ever seen because i would have possibly saved people that's just me, though. And I was trying not to blame them, but I was like, I couldn't have gone home that night. No. Honestly, I don't want to, I won't even say it, but I would have unalived myself. Because I really was surprised he didn't, and that's horrible of me to say, because I can't say that I wouldn't have been in a dark enough spot that I would have afterwards. Like, after it blew up, I cannot say I that could I not have lived with myself knowing I developed that part, and I worked on I... the shuttle, and I told them not to take off, and then I tell my wife they're going to die, and then they die. I would have 100% had a grippy soft <sighs> vacation. 100%. And it, I would have been my home for a while. Oh, yeah. That dude was a coward. He, like, literally, as soon as he saw Zach and James walking across the street, he drove off and left the woman. That's horrible. Yeah. That is horrible. But, yeah. But, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I will always be the person who stands up for other people, even when people are like, Lib, you're a lib. And I'm like, because I'm standing up for somebody. Like, literally. Like, I, 
I don't even have to say anything and I get called a liberal. Yeah, like, I don't. It is stupid because I literally just stand up for people. Like, if someone says they want, they don't feel like they're being hurt or protected because of their gender, their sex, their looks, the way they act, who they I've love, never cared. I can't. Anything. I can't think of a time in my life where I was like, I don't like that. Get away from me. I've never. Like, it doesn't bother me, so why? And so, if someone's just happy, I guess this is what it comes down to. If someone's happy, and they're being who they are, just authentically themselves. Let them live. Why am I going to be mean to someone because of who they are? Why? I've just never been a malicious person. My kids are having a really good time downstairs. They are loving it, and they're having a blast. I don't even know. I don't know what they're doing, but they're having fun. Oh, my God. This might be my favorite stream. This is my favorite stream. This has been good. I feel like we just had a little therapy session with I everybody. Like and I'm, I'm going to find this book, those books, though, I and read tell it them, I um, read specifically it. the one that predicted COVID. It's crazy. Hers are all historic and science, and I just read a bunch of horror Scary books. I'm reading I a. Read both. I'm reading a haunted house book right now, and it is having me sleep with the lights on. Yes, James. I judge people on their actions, not who they are. One hundred percent. Because one hundred percent. Because there's a lot, a lot of, people of people out there that can talk one talk, and then act another way. And I am one hundred percent on the belief that you uh, should always and I don't like, like walk walk a talk stop. And I don't like fake people or people My, that like s- switch. Switch to like fit mm-hmm. a certain agenda or something. I'm true to myself. I know what I believe in. I'm never gonna switch. But I'm also, but I I am that way too. But I'm also the type of person who knows that sometimes what I believe may not be the right thing. So I'm open to hearing. Oh other yeah, absolutely. Things. Like I have like there are several things lately that because I have always read like just like fiction books, but I've told myself that I needed to read more. Um, nonfiction and like actual people telling me. I'm trying things. to, but then a new horror book comes I out, know. and I'm like, yeah, spooky. <laughs> so I have just been reading a lot more lately, and reading things from just like different people. I did see that. I saw somebody post it on TikTok. She did. Oh, the psychic lady. Yeah, she's yes. like a big disease is going to come out and take out a fraction of the U.S. and people are, and then she's like, they're going to have to develop a new vaccine for it, just like polio. I yeah. saw that. I saw it, but I didn't see that much of it. But no, I I encourage everyone out there to read different things than you normally read, especially when it comes to social things. Mm-hmm. Not literal any social thing. Just read it, and like if if you get if you wanted to get political with it, which I don't encourage, um, because I feel like a lot of social issues are not political issues. Um, but if you did want to, read both sides of the aisle. Just I'm not. I don't think I'll ever be a political book person. No, no, no. I have I'm not saying it, in. but I'm just saying a lot of social issues are not political, but people make them political oh, yeah. with their books. So yeah. if you feel like a book is becoming political, then don't just stop there and read that perspective. Find a book that counters that perspective that may be political and just see what is being said. True. And then go from there. That's what yeah. I do. Yeah. Um. What was I going to tell you? Oh, there was a book, though. This is totally off topic, but you are going to have to stay here for it because <laughs> I just remembered it. There is two books from Book Talk that I want to read. I'm very much on Book Talk. Um, the one of them is I read it and I didn't like it. 
and it was like the first book that I finished of the year. Did you see it? Do you did you see all my books that I read yes. this year? Yes, I don't remember the name, but I remember you um, said it let you down. It's called Nothing But Black, Black and Teeth. Te- yeah. I did not like this book at all. It's very short. You could probably read it in a couple hours. I'm not even kidding. Um, basically, it's about these people who, it's a group of friends. They go to Japan, and they there's like this haunted lady in this house, and they're there for a wedding because these two people are getting married. It's the worst book. It's not good. <laughs> Do not read it. Let down. You can read it. Just don't. Yeah, me. Don't. I was like, Japan, okay, like, okay. It doesn't even get good till the end of it, and then it's over like that, and you're oh. just like, well, that was very much a letdown. It's one of those happy endings where, like, you're happy it, it happened, just, but it was It just wasn't a good quick. book. The other one, I cannot remember the name off the top of my head right now, but it's the one about the future where there's no meat, and so people, like, turn to eating humans. And Why there's can't like a you farming. Just be a vegetarian. I could, be I a could vegetarian. easily. I mean, I basically am a vegetarian. I make meat for like Zach and the boys. Yeah. Well, I can't remember what it's called, but everyone tells me I need to read it. I don't think I give up burgers. I think burgers. I I love burgers. A good burger with a good French fry and some ketchup. Ugh. So good. I've read. Okay, so another book that I read that was not my normal book was one called Sitting Pretty, and it's about a girl, and it's her view of the world from being in a wheelchair. See, I would enjoy. It that. was a really good book. I would not what that. I would normally read, but really, really good book. So, ten out of ten would recommend. Looking outside of your normal genre, yeah, because I am paranormal. Because I, I am YA dystopian books <sighs> to a core, God. and I have not read a single. Why a dystopian book at all this year? And it's really, really hard on me not to. I read the back cover, and if it mentions mm. Haunted Ghost Demon, I immediately put it in my buggy. <laughs> and I bought I bought a self-help book. Oh, uh, who am I? It's a really, not like a, not like your traditional girl, self-help book. Girl, boss. No, not one of those. This, I can't even remember the name of this one, but this one was very highly Get recommended. Get up and work. I am reading <laughs> currently, still haven't finished it. I am still reading, um, Achilles, Song of Achilles. Oh, yeah. I don't let y'all know. I know this book is supposed to be like the best book. I've heard a lot of people mention it, but the way you describe it, I don't think I would like it. So, TLDR, it's about Achilles and this other guy that was a prince, and he got banished from his kingdom, and then he falls in love with Achilles, and they have this relationship, and that's where I'm at right now. And I just don't, I haven't got into it, man. There was a small time when I was in high school that I was really into Greek mythology, so I used to read, like, a lot of that, and I got into fan fiction, so I think I would, you know, Like, I, it's good. I'll let you borrow it when I'm done, because I'm almost done. Like, I don't have much left over, but everybody's like, the ending was so heartbreaking. And I'm just like, y'all, this book ain't that great. But I have on my list, I need to read the book that you gave me, the little one, the one you had when you were a teenager. I know I can I can fly I through that thing in an afternoon. fell in love. i got to find the other ones. I'm, we'll, I'm just we'll gonna have you. to go to Dirt Cheap or something. I am. I'm just letting you know I'm going to fly through that in like one afternoon. Oh, and then I need so to read the Colleen good. Hoover's Verity that everyone keeps talking about. I bought that. I keep hearing people. I've never read that. I, I've never read author. it. Neither have I, but I bought that. And then I finished the Atlas Six, which was really I liked that one a lot. And then I have to read The Silent Patient 
and the Stephen King books. Silent, Ooh. patient man. That He's book. reading Percy Jackson. I love Percy Jackson. I remember Jackson. reading that in middle school. I love those. Yeah. I love those. Okay. Well, this is nearly two hours. So <laughs> this I, is, I think this is going to be our longest YouTube video. Um, I definitely feel like I should officially cut off the audacity. Um, so thank you for listening. Thank you for listening, people. I love you guys, and y'all have a great night. <laughs>